Hello. Good afternoon, everyone. Hello. Hello. Welcome to, uh, welcome to the chat, guys. Um, my name's Jack Moran. You might have seen us from last week. I've got Stephen Drew here with me and Will Ridgeway. We are the uh, architecture team at the Architecture Social. Um, we've also worked for McDonald and Company for some time. Why don't you give us a bit, um, for anyone who wasn't here last week, Stephen and Will, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourselves before we get started? Sure. So I was a part two. I worked in industry. I worked at EPR Architects for a few years. And then for the last six years, what I do is I specialize in architectural recruitment. We've worked with everyone from Grimshaw to Zaha Hadid, and as well as that, some really, really good clients like SOM down to as well, smaller architecture practices. Will? Hi, I'm Wilts. Uh, I've been working um, as an architectural recruitment consultant at McDonald Company for the past year. Alongside and me, Ryan. You're alongside fun, you, Ryan. Work, work, working yeah. under your guidance. And um, yeah, I've been recruiting for a lot of AJ100 and um, companies outside AJ100 uh, for the past year, working from parts uh, twos all the way up to senior architects. Right. Jack? So I've worked alongside both these lovely gentlemen for uh, just over a year now. Ah. Um, I've worked with some AJ100 practices, mainly inside London, a few small practices outside of London as well. Um, I also have the joy of doing a lot of the support roles as well in architecture practices, be that, you know, HR practice managers or office managers. So today we've got an interesting topic to discuss. We are going to be talking about the do's and the don'ts of the portfolio. Yeah. this is a big thing, isn't it, Stephen? Because, you know, how many how many jobs require a portfolio? You know, most of it is all done on the CV, isn't it? But the architects have to go, I guess, a little bit further because the portfolio is, you know, your bread and butter, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I think compared to maybe a traditional uh, CV application, whether it's an accountant or something like that, in architecture, you need the CV and you need the portfolio. The CV is the kind of the core. It's the it's the spine. It's it's the it's it's the center of all your professional experience. The portfolio is kind of like a window into who you are as a designer and what you have done. And it get kind of it expands on everything in the CV. So the idea of the CV is is that they can read and assimilate all your professional work and all your experience in the industry quite quickly. The portfolio is seeing that, visualizing it, and it should almost be like a story, and it should encapsulate your career. So the ideally, you want to go with what you've done professionally at the start and your best projects, and you want to explain and give the reader an insight into what you've done, what you're about, and who you are as a designer. Now, there's two uh, two versions of a portfolio. Uh, in my head, there's the one you take to the interview, which is kind of, is the chance that you get to go through with, with a potential employer, all the stuff you've done. And the other one is the online version, which is called a sample portfolio. And the sample portfolio is a little bit more like a taster. It's a little bit more like an insight into who you are to kind of get the person to bring you in for an interview because what you can't do is you can't or you should not anyway send through 50 to 60 sheets online the person will simply not finish it but that is my definition of what a portfolio is and well do you think that's a fair uh I i think that's pretty fair with um there's a huge difference between cvs and portfolios and the fact that on particularly as well like online if you want to look to find some help with CVs, there's lots of it because everyone, every job, every profession 
you know, you need a CV to apply for most part. And obviously, imagine footballers don't, for example. But uh, we're talking on a normal level here. But um, but portfolios, it's much more uh, concentrated to specific industries. So there's less help out there. And a lot of people phone me up and they always ask about what do you need in a portfolio? Yeah. And it's quite, you know, it's quite, it's quite broad. There's not much help out there. So hopefully. The, what we talk about here is going to be much very helpful to explain that um, and give you some sort of guidance. But there's a big distinct difference between your sample portfolio, which is what you use to send uh, to companies uh, as an application, and then also your design portfolio, which you send, which you have with you in the interview. Yeah. And West hopefully will. Um, will show the distinct differences between the two. Yeah. And the one thing I'd like to add before we jump into it, Jack, is that there's no one way to do a portfolio. There's no, it, it, because the, the, the thing is, it's down to you, what you want to express and what everyone has done in industry. And based upon your work experience, it'll be very, very different. So what I'm going to talk about is what I think makes a portfolio more effective in general. That being said, sometimes you can still do something which breaks some of the rules and is quite impressive. I think, though, right now, especially in the the current climate that we're in, what we need to do is talk about the techniques and the stuff in portfolios that is going to be more effective right? The things that are going to appeal to the most amount of employers are going to save you time and ideally get the point across and who you are to get that person to meet you. Excellent. Okay. Brilliant. And so, well, the first point we wanted to sort of bring up, I guess, break down is what you sort of uh, touched on earlier, Stephen, about the, the length of a portfolio. Um, so, you know, yeah. For example, I mean, graduates, they might not have this problem so much. However, there is always that problem of, you know, just putting content on the, mm. you know, for the sake of it. So, you know, if, for the graduates, let's start with them. What, you know, what are the dangers and what are the recommendations that you've experienced about keeping that portfolio the right length, you know, the concise amount? Yeah. So think of the the sample portfolio of the best hits. Okay. Think of it like you're a band and we've released five albums. You're not going to get someone to listen to five albums all in one go. They get bored after one and who knows, right? Some of the best stuff, some of the best songs are going to be missed. So you've got to think of it as the best hits. You've really got to hit them, smack them in the face and grab people's attention really quickly because we are in, a, in a, an environment where people are busy. There's the person who will be looking at your CV. They might be in a taxi or they might be at, more likely right now they'll be at home with kids where the Wi-Fi is not working and it's not fast. So file size and length is all important stuff. So I would argue, and I just picked one of the questions, 10 to 15 pages, and even then 15 is pushing it. I, I, when, when you're designing a sample portfolio, think of it like check, tech, um, check boxes and tick boxes where you've just got to go for this checklist and you've got to go boom, 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 boom. And you've got to hit people really hard. Think of it like an assault on their attention. You've got to grab their attention with some really strong professional work, show them really intricate design details you've done, anything on site, give them an overview of a project and tell them exactly what you've done. What was the project? What was the REBA stages? What was your responsibilities? And in your, if it's your academic work as you've just graduated and you want to put that at the start, you've got to start with your strongest work and you've got to get them hero images and you've got to put them up and you've got to explain what you've done on the project, what it was modeled in. And then also you want to go through and tick off sections, 
details, elevations, Revit models. We want to take all this stuff. What you do not want to do in a sample portfolio is repeat stuff. So you've got to think 10 pages, 10 opportunities to impress something. Don't cram it all in because remember, you can expand upon it in the interview. That is the idea. In the interview, you should have about 30 pages. You don't want to go on too long and you want to, you're going to go into it in more detail. The sample is a bit like if you're at V Festival or something and you're the band where you're going on stage and you're playing to someone that they've never heard you before. And then, you know, in the interview, then you talk, then you expand upon it all. But what, what do you think, Will, of my analogy? Is that a good one? Or? Yeah, I, I, I think that's the best way to view it, to be honest, because I, I mean, I get calls all the time and they ask, um, you know, how many pages should it be? And that's a difficult question to answer because there is no right answer to how many pages it should be. You obviously don't want to make it too long, but at the same time, you don't want it to be too short. But I think it largely depends on the contents that you have. So, for example, if you're quite, um, you know, if you're just coming out of university, chances are you probably not got much um, professional work experience and therefore not that much work to put into the portfolio. And so, therefore, it's important to um, still include that work and include a nice balance of your education work as well, but then still not make it too long. I, to be honest, I think... I think anything above 10 is probably starting to push the boundaries of the length of a sample portfolio because you do want to keep it concise. And at the same time, you don't want to include so many pages that when you do get to an interview stage, you don't want to end up uh, the, you don't want the interviewer to be seeing the same pages over and over again that they've already seen on as a sample portfolio. It's important to keep, you know, keep your best works, but then you also want to, have the elaborated uh, elaborated pieces saved so for the interview stage as well, so that there's still interesting interesting um, parts of the project you can still show in yeah. the interview. So I see it as more of a synopsis of each project you want to include. So you know, if you've got your design skills, you want to include that. You want to include your any technical detailing skills, uh, drawings that you may have you know may have done. And basically, keep it quite broad and. Um, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to be too lengthy. I mean, 15 pages, there's nothing wrong with it. I've seen I just some think good with five pages. Shorter. Well. You know, sometimes five Yes, pages, exactly. Sometimes less is more. And, and you know, I, I think then as well, the other thing that I really like what Will was saying is that, remember, if you don't necessarily have the professional work yet, draw parallels in your academic work to what you do in professional. So if you haven't worked professionally yet, Put a detail in, put stuff in that the employer is going to use, you know, software, Revit models. But the, again, this is the kind of thing that you want to give a taster of because in your portfolio, you can expand. Sometimes a really good sample portfolio can be five or six pages in there where it's just all killer, no filler. And that I think is the ultimate thing. If you feel that a page is not strong, you're stronger off without it. Think about the meaning of every page. What um, so you, every time you look at a page, you go, what am I trying to convey here? Okay, I'm trying to convey that I, I worked on my part one and I did this project, which was a edge of school. It was an education scheme at this Reba stages and this value. And on that, I used Revit. And on that, I used uh, 3D Max. Okay, you put that in. That's the message is really strong in your academic work. You would say in my final year, 
this is my design thesis. This is a bit of an overview. And here's the stuff that I have done. I did use Revit modeling. I did this. I did this technical detail. I did this construction drawing. And that's really what you want to go on. The other one that I want to mention is if you're an act, if you're a part one in particular, you really do not need to send off your the work you did in your first year. By the time you're in your third year, you're a lot stronger right? So you don't need to do that anymore. I would put the emphasis on your third year's work and send that across. So so to summarize, sample portfolio, keep it in a sample. So it should be in the true essence of the word. A few pages, five to 10 sheets, really. That's what you should be sending. And in your, in your design portfolio taking person, 15 to 30 pages, and not huge A1s. I think A3 is the way. Don't rely on just printing stuff out on a, um, sorry, just putting stuff on a tablet because you can go into an interview and you can have reflections and all of this stuff. So always take something, print it out at A3 and ring bind it. You don't need to spend hundreds of pounds on a portfolio, something really clean and clear. Here's a um, good question, Steve, that's just coming on the topic of that. So, you know, last week we were talking about um, the portfolio and how, you, like you said, with your dissertation, you'll take it to a stationery shop and get like ring binded, you know, nicely presented. When it comes yeah. to sample portfolio, would you do like a cover page, a content page, you know, to almost um, a complement? Just, just to be just to be clear, the sample portfolio. It's a really good question because sometimes people would like to hand them to employers. The reality is you're going to be just doing that digitally now, okay? And especially, it's going to be really hard right now to physically send your CV and portfolio anywhere. And I was been watching a few videos lately, and an employer will always say that they love a physical portfolio from a student and a CV, and that's nice. However, my uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, the, the the how I feel about it is that you have to go for the 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 thing that you can do and spend the time on the most and get the maximum results. So I worry right now in this environment that actually walking around A to B, especially when we're not even sure if offices are open or not, is not it's not it's not going to be a good use of time. So the format I see it is that you send your CV file and you send your sample portfolio online to as much employers as possible, and you do the research on them and you send them a beautiful little email with that attached and then you follow up with a phone call and to answer your question of what should be in it i think if so if it's 10 to 15 page five to 10 pages then we're looking at a few meg that's all it is right and you don't need to repeat stuff in it you don't need to put the cv in it again i think you either put the cv and the portfolio and the sample portfolio all as one document which when I look back, that's what I actually did. Or what you do is that you you have them you have the you have very clearly marked. So in the actual email, you will have the, the text body, then you have the the C V attachment and put your name on it. That's one of the thing that I see people not do all the time. Because this guy, if the, if he's got his computer and he's got C V version two. They don't know who that is. So put in Stephen Drew CV, Stephen, Stephen Drew portfolio. And then if you've got references, put Stephen Drew reference. And that would be an A4 sheet with, with whoever's on there. But what, what do you think, Will? Is this about the ideal format or what you think works? Yeah, so I, I, I'm 
I see a lot of people that do a lot of um, title pages and the contents page. That's quite helpful um, in terms of having a look through. But I think that's generally, for my opinion, I think that would be generally better to have for your design portfolio as opposed to your sample portfolio mm. um, because you want to get straight to the point um, when you when you look when a employer looks at your portfolio they'll just go top down if they see a contents page they're not going to be like oh let's go to page uh, whatever to have a look at they're just going to go top down so I think it's probably best just to leave that out maybe you can do just a quick title page where it has your name yeah there, your contact details as well um, yeah. I wouldn't go too much in. I wouldn't put too much effort into that. The effort should be all on the portfolio itself, uh, so that it, you can. Well, as soon as you get to the second page or even the first page, you get straight to the point. You see the first piece of work, which is usually your most latest piece of work, or what you may consider the best piece of work, whichever fits the description, uh, whichever fits the bill better. And then you then go in sort of chronological order. So, for example, if you're a uni student, you'd include your latest piece of work um, at the top and then go downwards. And like like Steve said, you don't particularly need to put in your first year no. works in at all. You know, you don't you don't have to include every single piece of work you've mm. ever done. Uh, you know, you, you can keep it sh- short and sweet. You don't have to. If there's some stuff you've done like early on uh, that, you'll, you know, you're not particularly fond of you can still just leave it out it doesn't have to be everything it's just a few selections of the best that you've done just to give it an idea to the employer of the type of work you have done the type of work you're capable of and the type of work that you could potentially um, recreate for them really i think that's Um, it I think uh, naturally, and I did as well, because so when you start with a portfolio, your natural reaction is to put everything you've done in, right? Because you, you, you want to tell the employer the full range of stuff you can do. What I've learned over the time of going from architecture to recruitment is, is that editing is key. And it, the reality is if you can do something once, I know you've got that skill set. So once you've demonstrated a beautiful axonometric, then fantastic. I know you can do that. And if you've got a few examples of a Revit model within the the, the project, then within the portfolio, I know you can do that too. So the trick is edit things down five to 10 pages, which are really concise and clear to me is a lot better. Remember as well as other practical stuff out of it, they won't be printing so many pages. Okay, the file size is going to be shorter. And this is all the important stuff on first impressions. So in the design portfolio, you can go to town and you can get the most expensive, beautiful paper. And you can have 30 sheets, which tell this nice, balanced story, which you can weave over through the interview. That's absolutely fine and can look great. What I actually did from my interview is that when I went from my one in person, I went to Hobbs Graphics, which is a store, and I printed out all my work in, in a book. So it was an A4 book wheel all ring bound. Got it on my shelf, gathering a bit of dust in there. But <laughs> the thing is, is that it was a talking point. And, um, oh, I've gone blurry, sorry. Um, but basically that, uh, so I was speaking to, on, on, on Sunday with my friend who's an associate at BDP and he did the book as well. And it was the fact that he printed out this book and went to a, an employer who had high-end residential projects. And the employer was like, this is amazing. Basically, what I can do is why don't we, every time we build a building, we give the client a book 
of the building and it is exactly like your portfolio. And therefore that portfolio got him the interview because of the way he beautifully did that. The, when he sent up the, the, the sample portfolio, which secured him the interview though, that's just five to six pages online, which is all killer, no filler, to the point, and gives an overview, an overview, and it, it, it gains excitement of who he is to get him the interview. Okay. Yeah. And we've yeah. got a couple of questions come in as well, just to add on to it. Um, the first one is asking, uh, is, it, is it wise to include any group work that students might have done in BA3? You might be the one for that, Stephen. BA3, okay. So group work, yes, very important. I did group work. But when you've done group work, say it's group work. Group work is good because actually if you think about it, it means you can work as part of the team. And it's very rarely in architecture, and this is a small project, that actually you're going to be doing it all on your own. You're going to be working with people. So those are really good skills. So I would definitely do that and credit it. But what you want to do, though, is outline your responsibility. And hopefully you did do some stuff and you weren't just that guy in the call now who is like you know trying to trying to just tack on going yay well done guys but you're supposed to show what you did on there because if you said look i pitched as part of the team i did the rendering side and what we did is together we worked together and we project coordinated the project against the deadline that's all really good life skills and this is stuff that we do as a team now even in recruitment isn't it because what when you when you work in real life is that so for instance me and will will work on a particular role and i'll need his help on some stuff and i will help him with other things and and so teamwork demonstrates that and see even what we're talking about right now is a really good point to talk about in an interview and then you can build that up from the portfolio so the the answer is yes you should put it in and you should outline not ages but briefly who was involved their names and what your roles and responsibility was who what where when why who am I? What was the project? Where did we do it? When? Why? So meaning, responsibility. Because if you, if you start to break things down into that, then it gets really interesting and employable. Yeah. Excellent. Anything to add on to that, Will? No, I completely agree. Um, yeah, I think you uh, hit the nail on the head there. Um, um, it's quite a big thing if I could just add something as well um, with the whole you know teamwork and, and separate responsibility I think that is really important to distinguish between what was solo and what was you know in a team um, because too many times we've all seen uh, portfolios and CVs where it's essentially you know I I done this I done that I done this I done that and it makes it sound like the candidate almost drove the whole project themselves um, so I think going back to your point it's, it's really important Stephen you know to actually say what was in a group and if you enjoyed the, the group work as well but then also put in your solo responsibilities. Do you know what? Little life lesson, like talk to Steve moment. So hopefully I don't put everyone to sleep. But I remember when I did my part two, right? And I went and you could either do stuff in a group or on your own. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to do it on my own. Because I was uh, at the time, I was like, I want to control every element of the project. And I've got a great idea. And all the people who did a group work together got first. And I really struggled and I had my lowest mark of the whole year. So I ended up with a 2-1. But I think for that, I scraped a low 2-2. Two, two. And so the point is, it's like there is something about strengths in numbers. So group work, absolutely put it in. It's fun. Um, I think I think it's great. So what else have we got to go? Because I think we've hit the nail on the head about sample portfolios. Yeah. And we can always return to that. But maybe we should talk about 
design portfolios. And me, do you know what, though? I, I'm an expert on how to do a design portfolio in the old physical world. It is going to be very interesting in the new COVID era. And I've got a few ideas from it. And I would echo is that let's imagine now, right? Like the way you're all watching online and the way we could we could demonstrate and we could we could share documents. I think long documents in this online world is the death of your of interest okay if you've got this long slideshow on i probably would be looking around on my phone not engaged and and i think that it's the same thing of so maybe in the old world where a physical interview you could get away with some more pages on the, on the table because you can flick through it if people are losing interest because that's the thing in in the interview you it's almost like you can gauge the person's how how excited they are and 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 then you stay on the sheets a bit longer when people are interested and you move past things which are less of interest to the to the interviewer but now we're in online world so it's going to be very hard to read that because we're looking at digital pixel versions of us so again i think less is more right now i really really do because you can always follow up if they're interested in one page with stuff after but what the biggest downfall you can do on a portfolio in an interview and we will do another one of these on interviews but with portfolios the trick is you never get stuck on one page right and it happens all the time. People can get stuck on one page talking about the the meaning and the intricacies of the, the design ethos of one project, and and you can spend so much time on it. And you've got to think that in an interview, you have an hour or something like that. And online, the sample portfolio, you've got a few seconds like the CV to impress someone, and then they give more time. In the interview, right, you've got a few minutes before you lose interest. And there's a few examples, and well, we obviously will be respectful to everyone we know. But as, as you know, there's been one or two times when we've had candidates who go to an interview, and if they talk too long and, and, and spend too long on one or two pages in the portfolio, the whole interview runs on too far too long and the interviewers are not interested and so with the portfolio you have to think of it like as an a, a narrative you've got to think about your pacing and time and you've got to look at the document and think one minute on this one two minutes on this one uh, if i was explaining it and if can someone look through it and pick up information quickly and go through. Is it clear? Is it concise? Make sure the fonts are legible. Not too much text. Do you don't want to overwhelm me? Don't make things too small as well. Let the pages breathe and think about it like we're calmly sitting down and you're walking me through it. And that's the pace. So it's relaxed and excited. And you're going through your projects and every page is like a mini treat. They, they flick, you flick through it together, and wow, there's an example of an axonometric uh, BIM model, and you're all excited to talk about it and what you did at uni or, or what you did in industry, and that's the pace of it. You don't want to throw everything at it, and at the same time, what you don't want to do is have it that you need a thesis and or uh, you know you need to be a quantum physicist to understand what's going on. But that's my opinion. 
and uh, so that I, I'm more interested on a clear and concise portfolio that is understandable, legible, and when you read it, it feels light and easy and exciting. Not blank when I say uh, light and easy. I mean it's that it's almost a pleasure to go through. It's like an exciting book. It's like a an, an article and zine that you're interested in, and you go to the end and you're like, my gosh, this person, we've got to hire them because check it out. It was great. It wasn't too much. wasn't too little. Are you excited for my portfolio? Well, my selling name. <laughs> yeah, well, I've seen your portfolio. So, <laughs> which one? Part one or part two? Oh, your... I put part one on the on the website, Arctic Social. I've you not seen leave, that. I've seen your part you can, two work. You can leave a comment and say if you'd hire me. Well, <laughs> I don't disappoint. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what I was, what I wanted to, um, the way I like to see in interviews, well, as in like the portfolio itself, is that you're, it's it's like a presentation or even a um, even a test, maybe without the sort of pressure that those two generally have. But in, if you go back to school, for example, and you have to do your math test or whatever, you don't want to spend one uh, the whole hour on one question. You want to make sure that you know if if it's taking too long on one particular question, you do want to move on so that you can cover the whole thing to give yourself a better chance overall yeah and i think that's quite important and um of course when you're in the interview uh, you, you know whoever you're being interviewed by will ask you questions about particular projects and of course you'll want to elaborate but you've got to be conscious of the time so that you don't end up giving too much details about one particular project and then leaving out one of your uh, one of the works that you do want to show off at the end when they've run out of time and generally you, you're only going to be about you're going to have about an hour, less than an hour, to be honest, mm. for to go through your portfolio because um, as soon as the interview starts, it's not straight to the portfolio necessarily. So you, you do want to keep an eye on that. And that's one of the reasons why as well in an interview, you start with your best works at the beginning so that at least if you do end up accidentally running out of time, at least you've covered the works that you want to, um, you know, the works that are going to be the, the sellers to um, whoever you've been interviewed by. And I think as well, when it, when it comes to how you present your portfolio, you can obviously have it bounded uh, or bind. I don't know what the right word is for that, <laughs> um, where you can yeah, just flick bound. through and you can, you, can, you can skip pages as well. You don't have to go through every single page. You can move over. Mm. I've seen people as well, where they just have loose A3 sheets, which uh, it can be okay. Good a, it's, it can be good as long as you've got an or, some sort of order to it, and well, you've got some you're not structure. Like you it, with sweaty fingers and stuff, and it will panicking with sheets flying around everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I think as long as you you you, you have what's good about it is that you can grab pieces of paper and you can flick through it and mm. change the order slightly in order to fit the conversation. Um, so that's one of the best things about it. But um, yeah, I would keep, um, when you're going through a portfolio, you want to have as much, you do want to have a lot of information there, but you don't necessarily have to talk about all of it. It's there as a backup in case you the interviewer asks, can I see more of your technical work for this particular project? And you're like, yeah, sure. Here it is. So mm. that's, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of treading a little bit on interview, uh, how to do the interviews, but it does relate to the portfolio it's, quite it's, a bit. It's fine. 
I think it's it, it goes hand in hand. So I think I think you're bang on, Will. And uh, and remember and that as well in an interview, for instance. What you can do when you've got more experience down the line is you can actually even bring what you can start separating your works into different portfolios. You can have a professional portfolio. You can have some of your academic work almost in another booklet because you might not even look at it when you're when you've got more experience. And then you can also put your technical work or some technical examples of work in there. So so let's pretend you worked on a project which was stages three to four. You could do that. And that's what I was going to say with with um, Raf's question here about large drawings and so forth, because we, I think it's really important to show the drawings you were involved in. It might be a nice idea for you to almost put it in a separate portfolio. You could put a little image of a GA that you were involved in, which is in the portfolio. And then maybe what you want to do is you could showcase, you could even print out a package in a separate document and take that along to demonstrate all the technical stuff you've done. Because the because uh, in an interview, and, and it's very much about, because your, your portfolio, it can speak if it can speak for itself then you, you've got a strong portfolio chances are though you will need to verbally go through your portfolio on a call or now a video or in person and you're almost going to carry the person on the journey with you you've got to show them insight and so that they get excited about who you are and the thing is is that Sometimes the conversation can flow in different ways because we're all human. It's like this whole topic, the way without me and the boys do it now is that it's not scripted because we, we know the main points we're going to go, but the conversation flows. And and the, what I like about that is that then you and me, then there's a genuine conversation. So it comes from an unscripted place. And I think that that's the same way with your CV. You have to read, you have to, you have to, for instance, uh, practice the main points. What you want to do is you speak from the heart about what you do and then it organically flows. And so what you can do is with the flow goes, you can then, if the, if the conversation starts going towards the work that you've done and the GAs you've done in industry, and they want to talk about that because they're interested in that, then what you can do is say, well, interestingly, what I've done is I've brought the drawings in a separate document in case you wanted to look and they go, Oh yeah, fantastic. And you go, yeah, no problem. Okay. Let me bring it out. And then you go, here's this drawing, here's that drawing. And then suddenly you've got the conversations flowed really well. And that is the key. And, and that's the thing it's with all of this, the portfolio needs to support you getting the job and conveying to them that they want you on the team. Right. And so there is kind of goes back to what you asked at the start, Jack, of what is the best way to do the portfolio? And the best way to do the portfolio is the best way that they get excited about you. And the few things that we're talking about is that long portfolios exhaust the interviewer and then they will be disenchanted. And that's what we want to avoid. And so a successful portfolio to me is one that uh, feels almost joyful to go through that then you start getting really excited by the person and then you want to hire them because you think, my gosh, if the person that could do this portfolio is talking to me here, it's going to be like this in my office. They're going to be a massive asset. 
they're going to be someone I want on my team. This is someone I want as a director in the future. And that's who they're going to hire. Excellent. And um, so a question I wanted to put to both of you, you know, throughout your your time in recruitment, what would you say is the number one common mistake, you know, that you've seen in people's either sample or, or design portfolios that you could, you know, advise some of the graduates to just steer clear of? Something you've seen, you know, so many times that you want to bang your head against the wall every time you do see it. What do you think, Well, Well, my cheeky brew. Um, it's a difficult question because unlike CVs, I don't think there's a key thing that everyone makes a mistake on. I think I think what I would like to bring I, up I know a few that will wind you up well, actually. I'm gonna, let, me, let me have a bit of fun. What about okay. files which are huge in size and the drawings don't load? Oh, yeah. I don't know how you, I don't know how you fix the drawings not loading because I'm not a tech whiz, but I don't know how you fix that. But I know the so, file itself is a big issue. That's compressing, isn't it? I think, you know, I've seen that, Will, before when some people will like compress images. Uh, Stephen can correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, when you're exporting like PDFs, you oh, stuff, aren't you? You're on to something here. Compression is a big thing. And I think actually that I would always advise anyone that does a CV or a portfolio in Photoshop is crazy. I think that you need to do it in design. Because the way in design, because if you do something in Photoshop, you'll flatten it, and the file size will go bonkers. It'll go to like 500 meg or something. You really, 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 if you want to do a really good portfolio, do it in InDesign. And that's because then you start thinking about grids, lining stuff up, proportions. You can center things on the, on the, on the, on the pages, and you really are becoming a master of your craft. So that's probably a really practical one to do is that you should be doing and not illustrate or anything like that. You should be doing a portfolio in InDesign because then you can visualize all the pages. You can go through the flow, all the stuff we've done, and everything's lined up in grids. So the, for anyone that hasn't used InDesign, what it does is it snaps images and file and text, and it arranges things in a really logical, cohesive way. And that can make a, a big difference in how your portfolio looks. Um, the other thing is, yeah, file size, you want to make sure it's under 10 meg, under 10 to 15 meg, you, and uh, the text should be clear. I would, don't go with a wacky text. And also, a few things pet peeves for me. I hate it when images are overlaid, and I, and I would recommend you definitely keep the background um, clean and clear. It's always safer to go with something like a white background, worst case. I think color, when done tastefully, looks really good. And sometimes it can be absolutely blinding. I think uh, when you're doing a portfolio, though, just the starting thing is remember that your work, the, the, the drawings and, and the content and the architecture is the forefront. That's what we're talking about. And everything on there should be supportive. Again, it goes back to that thing I was talking about earlier of it almost wants to be, you almost want it to be like this beautiful work of art that you go through on a coffee, but it can almost be on a coffee table and someone would flick through it and enjoy it. And it needs to be really easy to, to read. But InDesign is so key, so, so key. And make sure that the port for the PDF works. Make sure it loads on another device because sometimes someone will send me a port for a, a CV portfolio and it doesn't open. And then and then what happens is I say I will get because I have a short attention span, so I will get frustrated. And then, then what that means is I'm already 
slightly ugh before I go into it, which is really unfair on the person in 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 the because it could be the best work ever. This is the thing you're dealing with people's emotions and who they are in busyness, so you want to make it as easy as possible. I remember my old DT teacher used to say got to make sure my grandmother can do it and it's the same concept of you have to, well in my thing you got to make sure that my mum bless her if you're watching mum sorry but she ain't the best of computers and if my mum could go through your cv load it up because the file size isn't too big and it, when she can understand what's going on then you're you're, you're halfway there really yeah that's actually that's a good point i completely forgot about the file size i think what i was going to talk about is when people who oh, have done transfers as well well no oh, one yeah, we transfer. oh no bands <laughs> do not do it do not do we, it we, we covered that in our last one no. no links do not do links <laughs> don't do it yeah get, always always a pdf format don't um send a link over uh, to showcase your portfolio even if it's a website link they won't look at it it's um it's a hassle we transfer sometimes you can't even download the file uh, without having oh, to go cool. through our IT system. So yeah, always, always a PDF. Don't use links. But I think what I was going to talk about was um, it's, it's for people who have done technical work, but in their portfolio, they do not show any technical drawings at all. And that's mainly because technical drawings aren't necessarily the prettiest thing in a portfolio. Um, and a lot of people leave it out because of that, because they want to show all the beautifully designed buildings that they have done. Mm. And they always forget to include the technical work or not forget, but choose not to put the technical work in. Now, I think it's always important to have the technical work in, particularly as well if you're going for Massive. a role where you'll be doing it all all round. It is maybe less maybe less so if it's a company that solely focuses on the front stage um, of projects. But um, I, I always always include technical work because it shows you're versatile. You can do it as well. Yeah. Because um, the last thing you want is an employer looking at your portfolio and being like, "Oh, can they do technical work?" If, and if yeah. they have that question in their head, you don't you you want you want them to not have a question in their head. You want them to invite you in for an interview to learn more about your technical work, not to wonder whether or not you've done it or not. So in, always include that. Absolutely. I think that's one of my um, one of my things. But yeah, links as well. Don't yeah, that's that's a really big one. The links. <laughs> well, I think you're on to something with the technical. Yeah. And then I think it goes yeah. back to what I was saying in the last one. I can't emphasize it enough. What you got to remember, if someone's hiring, it's because in their business, so in the architecture business, there's a need for someone, okay? And the way you get a job is by making them, they need to be emotionally evolved in you, emotionally interested, and then they need to know that you can do the job. Okay, because that's what everyone does. So, for instance, when they buy it, when you buy an Apple laptop, you go, oh, it looks so good and it's great. And then you go and and I can do my 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 homework on there. Right. But the first thing you do is the emotion backed up. And it's with the technical. It's the same thing. So you want you want the person in the interview to be wowed by you, who you are as a person, how you talk, and the beautiful design work you do, do not forget the technical though, because that's the, the homework bit. That's the bit that they need, right? Because when you're in industry, you're not going to be doing Photoshop uh, collages all the time. You're going to be sometimes rolling your sleeves up, knee-deep in a project at construction stages. So they need someone that they can feel comfortable with who can do drawings and stuff, right? And that's what the technical work does. So it's, it is such a prerequisite. 
in my opinion. It's not even a maybe. It's like you do need technical drawings in there. You need at least a technical detail, which is, I don't know, close, one to five, one to ten, something like that. And ideally something you've done in practice and um, – and my friend who came on, he made a really good point. There's other stuff that you can do as well, like fill out a planning application, do a survey, all this stuff for the end. You don't need if you you doesn't need to go right next to your design work. Imagine though if you brought that up as a separate portfolio in an interview, I think it'd be quite impressive. Okay, excellent stuff, guys. And we've got a question here. It's a bit of a niche question here, but I'd like, uh, Stephen, I think you would um, be able to give some good tips on this one. So we've got someone here who's got experience working on, you know, large scale commercial projects. Um, now, say that person, you know, has pretty much always worked on large commercial projects in all of their portfolio, but they're going to now be applying for small practices, you know, smaller designs on a much smaller scale. Is there anything you could that they could do to sort of tailor it to you know look more attractive to someone who is more about the smaller scale projects you know why it can go both ways it's a really good question i always think that what you've got to remember especially in your early part of your career that the reality is sometimes you, you join a company and because you're lucky to get a job it's very hard to have control over what sector that that that's projects in so in this case commercial you might want residential but the job requirement is on a large scale resident uh, commercial office and that's just the way it is so i would start thinking about transferables first of all I would say to the, the, the person that, that wrote the question, should embrace the fact that you work on commercial and be proud of it because you've clearly done well. And it's good that you're not conscious about working on large scale projects forever. But the fact that you're thinking about that, that now is really good. Maybe what you could do even then is that you, you could, um, and I'm borrowing a suggestion from my friend because he came on on Sunday and did a really nice chat about what he looks for uh, because he is an employer himself, an associate of BDP. And he mentioned that people who don't plan applications on small scale conservatories or you can even send one off uh, you, you you can you can learn the process and do an imaginary so what i would say to this uh, to, to the guy who asked the question is that embrace the, the large scale stuff that you've done and maybe what you can do is if you're conscious about working on smaller stuff is that you could do an extension for your mom or you know, it could be imaginary or anything like that just to show that you've worked at two different scales. And also in the portfolio, maybe you could put an emphasis on any details that you've done. Because in essence, the detail of a large building, it shows that you can detail. And the point is when you detail in, you're solving a problem half the time, right? Because you don't know how the detail, you work it out. And that's the same thing. So by showing that you can detail, it shows that you can problem solve. Yeah. Excellent. Anything to add to that, William? No, I think that's, um, I think you've covered everything. I don't really want to um, just repeat yeah, everything you said, but um, yeah, just um, embra- embrace, embrace, all, embrace all your work and, um, and yeah, well, if you've got your technical work, you throw that in as well. Excellent. So if, if, if we do this, if we do a little bit of summation, you know, for everyone watching, so we can sort of go back through the key points. So we started with the sample portfolio. I think we all sort of agree the 10 page mark, you know, that's around five, I reckon, five, five to 10. Seven. Yeah, keep it short and sweet. It's all, it's all about sort of marketing yourself, isn't it? Um, and then when it comes to like the presentation of sample portfolio, uh, you want it to look nice. You are just essentially trying to 
you know, show your best work, aren't you? You know, everything that you've best done, heads. pick out the bit. What is going to make you want to read on mm. uh, you being the interviewer? Um, and then when it comes to the actual design portfolio, I think, you know, we, we picked out that, you know, design's key, layout is key. Um, it's all about, because it's very visual, isn't it? Essentially, you're trying to get the person reading your portfolio to want to keep reading. Um, and when it comes to an interviewer, if you've got your most relevant experience to that particular yeah. practice at the front, that is like, uh, and, you know, backed up with good technical uh, detailing or anything else that that practice might specialize in, um, then I think that's going to draw their attention most. Is yeah. there any other, you know, sort of key do's or don'ts for you guys? Or do you think we've pretty much gone over the fundamentals? I, I think I think we've gone over it. So for this, um, so for me, I'm just going to go through Will's nice list here. Sample portfolio. Yeah, it's all killer, no filler concise to the point it, it it feels light it's breathable and everything there packs a punch online pdf don't have it too big keep the file size under ideally under five meg be careful with the compression make sure the images are still legible it's the balancing act of making sure i think compression can really really make things you spend so long and you want to make sure the balance is right at the same time don't make the file too big make sure all this is done in indesign make sure the pdf reads out well make sure it's printable in a4 as well as a3 and load it up on your uh tablet load it up on your tablet load it up on your mobile load it up on your computer see what it looks like on your phone the employer might look at it on your phone test everything and, and again, I know we mentioned last week at CV, it's the same thing. Spell check. There's one, uh, one, of the, one of the guys who on the architecture social director, lots, a lot of respect for. Um, Pet Keith can be, if, if, for instance, he's reading lots of CVs and residential is spelled wrong. It kind of suggests that maybe you haven't got attention to detail. So you've got to spell check it, spell check, spell check, spell check, and get someone else to read it in case you missed out the word automatically when you reread it, which does happen because I do it all the time. Get someone else to do it. Design So design work and technical work, yeah, put a little bit to that, all killer, no filler. And most recent stuff at the front, most relevant stuff at the front, professional work, always at the top, in my opinion. And that's what gets people jobs if you have it. And if you do, and then followed by your most recent and best academic work. A design portfolio, it's going to be 10, well, 10, 15, 15 to 30 sheets design portfolio, right? You want to, 20 beautiful ones can be great. Make sure it works online. Well, I, I'm just thinking out loud on the spot. Test it on Zoom with your mate. Can go through it maybe. So, so like with Will, I would load up the portfolio and talk about it online. You might not be able to do a physical interview. Then do a physical interview and um, test it Test it then. So you want to do all that, and then you want to make sure if you're going to go for an interview in person, A3, ring bound, doesn't need to be too extreme. I've seen some beautiful portfolios in person where you can make it. I never did that. I think a clean wing bound portfolio really works well again remember 
if you feel that all oh, the technical work you've done in practice doesn't really fit in the flow of that portfolio, you can take a second portfolio, which which will have technical stuff in it. And remember, you can have the main portfolio and a supplementary document. And, and the point of the supplementary document is that when you're in an interview, you can say, we can go for the uh, portfolio. And if there's anything else you want to go into in technical stuff, I've got more stuff here, should you want to. And if you say that before you go into the interview, then you're giving the employer the choice, which is great. Make sure the portfolio, you the flow, and you've rehearsed it. And do not get stuck on one page. So go through it. Well, I think that's a nice roundup for me. And I think we should go out on a bang. So unless uh, anyone well, actually, has a quick yeah, question. We did have one more question coming from Isabel. Uh, yeah. I think we could all give a quick opinion on this, but it's the idea of, you know, do you include anything personal at the end of your portfolio? You know, personal projects. Painting, photography. Yeah. yeah. I'll give my opinion quickly. I, I'm just going to straight off the bat say no. Your portfolio is um, an architectural design professional piece of work that you're, you know, using to show employers. Um, and where there's, you know, there's no harm in, in a bit of personality. But for my opinion, I'm, for the portfolio, I'm going to say no. You know what? I respect that, and I'm more. I'm inclined to say it's safer not to. I think if you're going to do it, you've got to be bold, right? And this can't be my bad pottery and my sketches, which I thought were kind of cool, and then you show someone and they're like, mm, "It's not that good." Is they've got to be really good? They've got to be really good, and if and if they're really good, then great. That's subjective, though. What well, is good, though, isn't it? And so that's the danger. I think you'd. I would want to speak to a few people and feel confident on it because I've seen. So, for instance, Melissa's work here that she's posted on the architecture social is blinding, and I probably would put that in because I can see an employer going, "Wow, that's amazing." My sketches, though would have got not got me the job, right? Let me we just say that right now. But what got me the, the me the job was that I did microstation and I understood architecture and I was quite keen on 3D visualization. So that got me the job as a part one along with my passion. And uh, I worry if I put down all my little computer hobbies and 3D modeling, then it might have it might have ticked the box with Sam and alienated others. But what do you think, Will? Yeah, I think, some, I think sometimes it is a uh, subjective uh, thing to put in. So on one hand, if, if I feel like it can sometimes distract from your main body of work. Um, and so it may, might be best to leave out. But um, like Steve said, you know, if, you've got, if you've got something that you know, you know it will add to the portfolio, you know, will strengthen it, then I think it's always worth putting it in at the end um, as well. Do you know what I would do, thinking out loud? I probably wouldn't put it in the end. What I would do is like the technical work. I would bring it in your bag in an interview or have it on a file ready on the Zoom that if they were interested in painting, it's really quick and clear. And you go, oh, yeah, you know, you were painting yourself. I love painting. Yeah, look at what I did last week. And then you load it up and they're like, oh. But the thing is, what's nice about that is that it's optional. And you can assess the flow because if you feel like the interview or the pace of the portfolio is kind of good enough as it is, you leave it there. Well, the other thing that you can do is that if they go, oh, yeah, we'll love a bit of paint. And you go, you know what? I've had a fantastic interview. I love the time. I really appreciate it. I will follow up at the end of this with a little thank you and I'll send you one or two paintings. 
So that's very bold. But if you did that, I would be impressed. But again, you better make sure it's not Mr. Bean's, uh, you know, painting at the end of that movie. You know, the one I'm on about. Not Mr. Bean's Mona Lisa. It needs to be a Mona Lisa. And mine would be a Mr. Bean Mona Lisa. So that, that's what that's what I would say. But cool. I, I think I, I've kind of, I feel that we've um, hit we've the point. We've fully dissected the portfolio, haven't we? Um, and hopefully yeah. it's been really helpful for everyone who's joined us today. Um, so, you know, thank you guys very much. Um, if you do have any other questions, feel free to drop any of us through a message. Um, oh, it looks like I might have just had a uh, question actually coming from myself. This is the one. I'm interested in how you engage with HR while you're still in architectural practice. Ah. Oh. That's an interesting question. I think I can finish. Go on, Jack. I've this is your got, expertise. I've actually got my man Stephen Drew to thank for that. So when I um, originally started in recruitment, I worked in essentially a support team. Um, so I would help people fill roles where there was, you know, um, they were very busy working on other projects or they just didn't have enough resources. Um, and such a case happened with Stephen Drew. He was very busy in, in his world of BIM and magical architects that if he had any support roles that he had taken on, be it you know office manager practice manager hr manager um i've also worked um, outside of architecture practices on those roles so at the time he said why don't you come and you know meet some of the architecture practices and, and the support roles they have we, we can um, get you to help out on so that's and ever since then i've actually you know i really do enjoy sort of working on them support roles because architects are great but all you architects are friends with your receptionists and your hr people in the practices and you know they need they need some love and attention too so i think that that's the sort of angle that i try and bring in as well um but yeah you know so i like i like doing a bit of both a nice little mixed bag i've got the architect side that i can do but i can also do you know the hr the office manager practice manager down to your receptionist so it's- well an architecture practice isn't just architects and that's what we have to remember and i think that's um an architecture practice and this is interesting about the person that might receive your cv and portfolio could be the receptionist, could be the office manager. And so all the points that we've talked about, and this is where Jack agrees on as well, because if the the first person that gets it, they might be the business owner who makes the decision, they might be the receptionist, or they might be the office manager. And you need to make sure that it's very clear who you are, what level you're at, and that they can access the design portfolio, access your CV, and they can pass it on to the right person. Literally, sometimes this person will be so busy, they'll be scanning for words, part two, architectural assistant, BIM coordinator, and or a receptionist. And if you don't have that keyword in, you do not get seen. So that's a really good point as well. As strong as your portfolio is, make sure that your application that you send off is very clear. So I would say Stephen Drew, part two architectural assistant, available immediately for work in your London office personalized email that will go through to Jack's HR coordinator. And then it says, for the attention of Marie, um, da, 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 I'm really interested in this architectural practice because of X, Y, Z. Look at their website. Look at something there. Please find my CV and portfolio attached. Any questions, please let me know. Very clear, very concise, and all the files are named. And I think that we're, that really helps. But um, great. Should we leave it there, guys? I think that, yes. that's everything for this week. Um, so thank you, everyone, for coming. And, yeah, hopefully see you next week. Uh, thank see you, you on Thursday. So see you on Thursday if anyone's oh, yeah. coming to my social event to have a, a few drinks. A bit more of a casual event for anyone who gets to know each other. But we'll see. 
Have Am I nice allowed to come, Jack? Am I yeah, allowed? Yeah, you can come. Fine, you can come. <laughs> well, you're invited to. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us. So have a lovely week. All Take right, care. thank Bye. you. Take Goodbye. Care. Bye.